0: Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a Paradox.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Paradox. I'm How? Jimmy. You scared me. Yep. I'm Josh. I'm in my AM DJ voice. The, can you do a whole show in to your To take AM? you to the top of the hour. Music from Lila. Do the whole show that way. <laughs> Or at least the first
2: three minutes.
1: I'm Josh. This is Paradox. It is Paradox. And I'm Jimmy. And welcome to the show. That's pretty good. How was your week, (laughs) Jimmy? I'm not talking in the DJ voice. (laughs) I'm not doing it. Even though, as I think our listeners know by now, I was the afternoon drive at KERC Curse Radio. I think we just mentioned it last week. The Jimmy Myers Roadshow, bringing you home from work in Eastland County. Can you give us some Hamilton lyrics? In your radio voice, no. You have to
2: wrap that. It, you have to be your best Eminem voice.
1: You know, I was just thinking,
2: and I just rewind
1: time twenty years when Eminem was relevant. <laughs> no, I'm not doing Hamilton. I, you know, you do it too much, and it, you know.
2: You've done it once on the show. Yeah, I
1: know. You got to keep them, keep them wanting more.
2: Well, they don't want more. I want more.
1: <laughs> what are we talking about today?
2: And it's not important. And then I would like um, Stinky Jim Shorts to come out.
1: Sports with Stinky Jim Shorts. Yeah, give me some of that voice. KPSM, New Song Radio in Brownwood, (laughs) Texas. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Sports with Stinky Jim Shorts. Weird, the voices sound the same. Yeah, they are. It's the same. I have one creepy radio voice. Give me your preacher voice. Welcome to church, everybody. (laughs) To take you to the top of the hour. (laughs) No, not top of the hour. You're preaching. (laughs) Here's our music minister with... I'll fly away. No, your preacher voice is uh, the Billy Graham. <laughs> I'm not doing Billy Graham. <laughs> you know,
2: he was I'm so not doing close. this. I'm horrible on voices. No, he was so close. They all start to sound the same. Let's hear your Billy Graham. I have no voices, and I wasn't in acting like you were. Yes,
1: I was an actor.
2: Our, um, my brother-in-law, Jimbo's son-in-law, Daniel Grant. He wasn't an actor. No, but he does a very terrible British...
0: Oh,
1: that's the best... <laughs> When he tries to do a British accent. Uh, And the thing is, is he thinks he's so good at it. That's what's so enjoyable.
2: At J Daniel Grant, if you want to follow him on Twitter.
1: Yeah. Anytime someone does, and they think they're really good at it, that's the most enjoyable thing. I mean, he's in on the joke. He's in on the joke. (laughs) Uh,
2: All right. We're talking about forcing faith on our children. I will be taking the um, the perspective that that's a really good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And Jimbo will be fighting. With.
1: I will take the opposite view.
2: No, we're going to be talking about forcing faith and how we should not do that.
1: And so give me an intro, Jimbo. Doing what we do, we see this, especially since we work a lot with adolescents and a majority, I would say, of the adolescents that come in here are brought in because of behavioral issues. And this tends to be common in the adolescents that we see here at the Timothy Center. Uh, a kid will come in surly and grumpy and upset. We always say they have a drug problem here. How come we say that, Josh? They're drug into counseling. Blah, blah. No, they were all drugged through the door. Oh. <laughs> you had one shot at a joke. I'm not and great you blew at jokes. It. I'm not great at jokes. But a kid will in some way, somehow, oftentimes say, you know, my parents are just trying to cram God down my throat. Yes. So
2: we're the Christian counselors that their parents bring them to to help make them more Christian. So, yeah,
1: we see this a lot. Yeah. The kid doesn't want counseling or Christianity, either one. And and we got them. So this is I know when it happens to you and your family, you know, your teenager walks in and says that it's a big deal. Of course it is. But it's probably a lot more common than you think. Again, teenagers have two jobs during their teen years. To seek their own independence and to form their own identity. And oftentimes, who God is to them, what their faith is, how it's expressed, is part of that, defining their own identity and seeking their own independence. As we'll talk here in a minute, it's it's much more of a relational problem, I think, than it is a spiritual problem. This kid isn't saying that because he's just really read through the Quran. And the writings of Hari Krishna, or whatever that is the kubla Ross what is the what is the Hindu It's Kubla Ross, yeah, yeah, so it's not that they you know again, they have some existential issue with the existence of God they have the i love the, I love I love my little atheists when they come in the they're so cute because they just have these you know they aha. Can God I, make a rock so big that he himself can't lift it. i found the one thing <laughs> to stump all of Christendom that no one's ever thought of. Oh yeah, they're just cute. But it tends to be much more of a relational issue. By the way, same with my
2: marijuana kids. They always have really researched. Oh yes. Why marijuana is beneficial. In fact, yes, they've one They've gone of, to
1: tolkup.com.
2: One of my kids wanted to move to California to sell medicinal marijuana. I'm like, well, why not just do Colorado? That's when it was legal recreationally. And I'm like, why not just do Colorado? Then you could do it anytime. Recreational marijuana is bad. <laughs> and he had researched why it should only be medicinal. He took this moral stance on well, yeah. medicinal. It's not like marijuana. he's
1: a druggie. him <laughs> before anyone can do they got to say, spell medicinal. Then, <laughs> then you can go. Uh, but anyway, I don't know if I. Can it, do it does tend to be more of a relational issue, and we get hung up on that it's in some way a spiritual problem. Which, of course, uh, you know, course it, it is. is. Yes, but this coming out for a child to stand up and say, and again, seeking their own independence and their own identity is part of the deal. But this is such an extreme step. I separated from my parents. By listening to the monkeys, and not Nat King Cole, that's how I really stood up to my parents. And we're not talking about faith questions, no. You
2: know, that's I good. doubted my faith, and why is this the way that we should go? That's healthy and good. It's very good. It's a complete rejection, is what we're talking about. Yes,
1: when they come out, with, and especially when they use that well-worn phrase, "My parents are cramming God down my throat." That is not a slam on Jesus, the Bible, God. That's a slam on the parents. There is a relational chasm that has opened up with the parents. So you guys have heard me talk about
2: um, this idea of attachment a lot, and Jimmy and I do talk about it great books on it. Um, Clinton and Sibsey have a good attachment book that you can you can find from a Christian perspective. It's the idea of that we are either insecurely or securely attached to our parents. More, re, more and more research has come out on the idea of God attachment, and the same attachment style, what they're finding, the same attachment styles that kids have with their parents, securely or insecurely, is the same style they're taking into their relationship with God. And that whole idea and construct is called God attachment. And so there's some good books out there on that as well. Point being that Jimbo is talking about, research backs it up, is their relationship they have with you tends to be the same relationship they have with God. And so if they are vehemently, aggressively rejecting faith,
1: what they're really doing is rejecting you. Recording our Paradox podcast is a labor of love. We love exploring topics important to Christian families.
2: We love bringing you interviews with authors, musicians, and podcasters that are shaping our world. Also, Jim loves to hear himself talk. See,
1: I've been told that my voice is mellifluous. You have no clue what that means, do you? No. We also love making thousands of dollars. I know I do, if not you, Josh. I mean, we are—I don't know if y'all know this or not— But on this podcast, we are literally taking baths in $100. Jimbo, Jimbo, we're
2: not making any money. And actually, as of right now, we're behind $2,500, so we're actually losing our shirts. But see,
1: see, that's a negative confession. You seem to think that that's a problem. It's not a problem, my friend, because we have a Patreon account. Please consider supporting us
2: on patreon.com backslash paradox. If you think the show has helped your family, if you believe in what we're doing... You can make a one-time contribution or set up
1: a subscription. With your help, we can continue to bring healing to Christian families. That's
2: what I call meleph... Mellof- meleph... Mellofri- the
1: word you're looking for is melefluous.
2: I think we can end the episode right there.
1: Drop the mic. Yeah, just... No, okay. no, no, that's a very expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't L- drop at that. At least $75. I had a couple of teenagers that were in here, and the dad was, wow. Both kids had dyed black hair. Both of them wore black lipstick and black eyeliner, and they had black fingernails. One of them was a guy, one of them was a girl.
2: Remind me of me dyeing my hair as mm-hmm. a teenager. Mm-hmm.
1: You were pushing the envelope.
2: as In the 90s, it was awesome. <laughs> and I didn't just have frosted tips. I had all of it white.
1: Oh, you were platinum. Oh, man. Uh, it, was, it was something. This dad would... As I said, sometimes a parent does cram faith down the kid's throat. And here was an example of that. He would force them to church. And as they're going to church, as they're driving to church, he would say, now then we're going to pray and we're going to get our hearts right for before God, before we enter into his house to worship. And then he'd start praying and he would say, now bow your heads. And he would look in the rearview mirror, and if the, ki- the two teenagers didn't have their heads bowed, he would ground them. Wowzers. Yeah. And then you wonder why these kids did not want God, church. Again, to your point, they were rejecting their dad. If he would have been Buddhist, if he would have been a secular humanist, whatever he, whoever he was, they were rejecting every aspect of that. The first thing we have to realize when we're going to address this with our child is, and I, I love this idea, it's there is so much more caught than taught in our home. When we talk about, you know, our kids rejecting Christianity, then in essence, they're rejecting us. Are we making God attractive? Do we just yell at the TV screen every time someone who's not married sleeps together? And disclaimer, the work of salvation is the work of the Holy Spirit.
2: So don't take too much responsibility for your children's salvation, you know. So it's not it's not a one to one correlation. If you screw this thing up, they're not going to be Christian.
1: No, no, no. It's, Ultimately, if their, if their youth minister messes it up, they're not going to be Christian. <laughs> so it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit yeah, and their youth minister.
2: It's the work of the Holy Spirit is that that's who works towards your child's salvation. So don't take that upon yourself, but you're responsible for not getting in the
1: way. Yeah, not messing this up. Correct. Do we make God attractive to our kids or is our God just some surly, you know, them gays, the gays, them, they're just taking over them gays, or you know, them Muslims. Can, I don't think you said gays anymore. It's all the Muslims. We're just letting all the Muslims in. And they sit there and they see that kind of an attitude about us, that all we are are against things and griping about who people are and why would they want that God? I mean, what is it about that God that's all that attractive? Not much. So first we have to to think to ourselves, is the faith that we're living out every day in front of them 24-7, is that something that is attractive? Is that something that they desire? Because I'm telling you, the way that a lot of us live out our faith, it's not desirable. Now, the kid doesn't know he's judging, again, God by us and and we're doing a really poor job of expressing who Christ is but that's we have to take a, a cold hard look step back and see if we're making god attractive or not no, number number one problem yeah. solving yes you good with
2: problem solving now
1: well, that's what i'm doing okay yeah
2: there's our intro that is the problem of forcing faith on your children mm-hmm.
1: how do we solve it oh you've already been doing that yeah you do making god attractive and i got two more quick ones and then you can have it no 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 i'll go <laughs> oh, you just want to do it. So I'll say I'm in agreement with Josh.
2: Go ahead. I'm going to mop up
1: your mess. Number two, don't make God part of your discipline policy. I see, this a lo- I see this a lot. They were late for curfew. And so we have them write out the scripture passage, uh, you know, respect your father and mother, your days belong long on the earth a hundred times. Don't. Don't make the Bible. Don't make God part of your punishment. We don't want our children to equate God with punishment. So try to avoid that mistake that a lot of parents make. And number two, very quickly, is in our attempt to want to communicate God to our kids.
2: Can I clarify one thing?
1: Um, don't you use were going to anyway. Yeah,
2: don't use God as punitive. But use him redemptively in your right, yeah. Pu-
1: parenting Yeah, absolutely, and in your punishments. We talk about God all the time when we yeah. lie down, when we get up, when yeah. we walk down the road. I mean, all the time. But just don't, yes, don't use him like a belt for a whipping. Yes. Number three, very quickly, is another way in which we try to communicate God to our kids. And God bless James Dobson, was the concept of teachable moments. And... Teachable moments are fantastic. When something happens, we go, oh my gosh, here's a teachable moment and let's move in and let's use this to teach our children about the Lord Jesus. Can I get an amen? You got an amen for me? That's a good thing. But some parents, every stinking moment is a teachable moment. Oh, oh, little Johnny farted. Well, you know, the the you know all scriptures god breathed it, it it's just not every time our children do something or something happens or there's something on the television sometimes we can just beat this into the ground we should take up much more of the saint francis of assisi stance of where to preach the gospel always and when necessary use words i think it was assisi not assisi no it was well Anybody with the name Francis is a sissy, is I think the bottom line. That's kind of where I was going with that. WWJD.
2: And I'm going to drop this mic and walk away. Jesus was probably the best. When we over-parent spirituality, a lot of it comes from our own anxiety of just desperately, in a good way, desiring for our children to achieve salvation because we want to spend eternity. So that's all good. And Jesus wanted that for everybody on the face of the earth, too, but he let the rich young ruler walk away. And he didn't anxiously run and follow him and go, wait, 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 I don't think you heard me, so let me slap the Old Testament on top of your head, and then you will be saved. Right. He let him walk. He said, here's the standard. Here's what needs to happen for you to be saved. The rich young ruler didn't want to do it, and he let him walk.
1: And in the book of Mark... He says Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said, go sell everything you have. Yeah. It's a loving thing.
2: Yes. So Jesus had incredible emotional differentiation. I love when I can use that word. Yawn. Um, He had great emotional distance. He wasn't anxious that the rich young ruler walked away. He was sad by it, but he wasn't anxious. And so he didn't force faith on the rich young ruler. He communicated the standard— And he let the rich young ruler make the decision, yay or nay. And so I think that's a great picture of what we should do as parents, that we should invite our child to faith, that we should require him or her to go to church because that's what the family does Mm -hmm. on Sundays. But as far as forcing it on them, that's a whole different story. And you're just going to create bitterness within your child and then a rejection of, First of all, you as a parent, and then a rejection of our Heavenly Father. Without question. And again, it
1: comes back to us living out a faith that matches what we say. They see authenticity. And again, it's about relationships with them. And to to repeat a point that's very, very important, when our kids, we should encourage our children to ask questions. They need to ask... As a youth minister for 20 years, anytime, you know, a kid just answers every question with Jesus, God, Paul, peer pressure, they're not thinking and they need to think. And so so for them to come up and have, you know, well, what about the pygmies that have never heard? That's a great, great question. And so we're not talking at all about them having questions about Christianity. Because Christianity's always had Christianity needs to have questions. And there's answers to all of them. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about when there's this, this visceral negative response. We're talking much more about a relationship issue than we are a spiritual one. That's all we've got to say about that. Yes, it is.
2: If you want more information about this show, if it hits a chord within you, you can go to Paradox Podcast. Your heart. If it touched your heart, you can go to paradoxpodcast.com, click Where you on the can episode. Get
1: a prayer cloth tab that Josh and, and I both have prayed over that you can you can hold that on the disease portion of your body go to
2: ParadoxPodcast.com, click on the episode tab we're gonna have three to four extra steps for you as it pertains to this episode you can also follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram individually it is doc Josh Myers and doc Jimmy Myers the show is doc's podcast, very tricky, on all three of those platforms. You can also find more information at ParadoxPodcast.com. Please like,
1: please review, please share the show. We thank you guys for doing that. We're having
2: our largest
1: months right now. Yeah, crazy. And keep in mind, every Thursday at 2 o'clock Central, we do Facebook Live for about 20 minutes. Get on answer a couple of questions.
2: We're just under 2,000 listeners an episode, and so we almost can
1: say... Instead of tens, thousands. We can almost say thousands. That's crazy. If we get two thousand and one thousand, we can immediately begin saying (laughs) thousands of listeners across the globe. (laughs) Guys, take care. Appreciate it.
0: Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielielescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to ParadoxPodcast.com. Next time on Paradox.
1: A lot of people, you know, when they think, you know, hardcore Christian music, you know, they think, oh, mercy me. Uh, And y'all kind of y'all are kind of a step beyond that. But you also I was watching an interview that you had on YouTube. And you said, you know, that you play for kids that no one cares about. Tell us about the voice that you have with Christian hardcore music and to the kids that you sing it to.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, one thing you need to understand is that the Christian hardcore scene is like a
0: subgenre within a subculture that's been a part of American history for 40 plus years.